It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You're listening to BGN Radio. Thrown out to the far side of the bubble screen. And running in for the touchdown is Jeremy Macklin. Right here on bleedinggreennation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly. Mm. And part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. We have uh, wandered our way down to episode number 86 uh, right here. I got to say thank you to everybody for uh, listening to our last episode, including the Sixers' uh, Michael Carter-Williams freakout. First time we've ever reached 10,000 listens, and I got to tell you, that feels uh, pretty awesome uh, coming from uh, from this side of the mic. So wanted to thank everybody again for all the support, and just like I said on Twitter, I don't think... You know, Brandon and Mike and I, <laughs> when we started this thing, ever think ever think we could get to that type of uh, listenership. So uh, just for that alone, we are uh, we're truly grateful there, guys. So thank you very much. But Mike K is also here with us. Uh, and, of course, uh, got some beautiful uh, prospects lined up for you once again. From North Dakota State, running back John Crockett, who, uh, by the way, when you hear this guy talk and, uh, you know, answer questions, it couldn't be uh, probably one of our best uh, interviews through this uh, whole process here. We'll also be talking to Southern uh, Illinois, uh, used to be great party school, as uh, our good friend Michael Pruitt, a tight end from there, is going to tell us otherwise. And uh, Townsend uh, defensive end pass rusher Ryan Delaire will also be joining us all uh, on the program this afternoon. Uh, Mike, Kate, what's happening, my friend? How are you feeling? Oh, I'm, I'm doing okay. Other than my legs shaking because of my ADD, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> um, you know, kind of... Uh, kind of a busy week it seems like free agency is going to be pretty exciting for eagles fans. yeah and uh you know it's gearing up we talked about it uh, a couple episodes ago with james actually the last episode james uh james casey getting the uh get the cut not a lot of people thought that there would be more cuts up until uh, maybe next week or so but uh unfortunately i know for a lot of people including myself and mike and everybody here really uh love todd harriman's um i think i don't think it comes as any type of surprise eagles save about uh, you know a little over two and a half million 
with the cap uh, by uh, letting him go. But, uh, you know, Todd's been an anchor here, Mike, for 10 years. He played and can play every position. Um, I think, uh, you know, the bicep kind of really, uh, after the tear happened, you kind of saw the writing on the wall there. But uh, what, what was your reaction to the news of uh, Harriman's getting released? I wasn't surprised about it, but Todd's one of my favorite players that I've ever interviewed, um, especially for BGN. And uh, he's a good guy, and he's tough as nails, as everybody's kind of, a, you know, attributing to him. But, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you know, I kind of saw it coming. Uh, this is a really good guard draft class. It's a really good guard free agency class. Um, Todd just wasn't worth $5 million. And, you know, they decided to move on. He's 33. Evan Mathis is 34. Jason Peters is 33. These guys are getting up there. And, um, you know, there's a need for youth along the line. And it looks like there's going to be a a younger player at right guard now. Yeah, and there's a couple of uh, options that, of course, uh, Mike went over on BleedingGreenNation.com, which you can also check out. We'll be discussing it just a bit. But, you know, you look at this now, Mike, and it's a lot of people. Everybody went over the debate of, uh, you know, cornerback QB scenario in the offseason. Now there's been a lot of... uh, you know, a lot of different articles, a lot of different narratives saying that, well, you know, I mean, the Eagles offensive line is is definite of need here. Uh, so, again, with all the Mariota talk and everything that's happened around there, uh, I mean, do you see that as a potential problem uh, if they don't have enough, you know, picks to kind of uh, draft this year and next year to kind of refurbish that offensive line? What would you do? Well, they have five day three picks, um, and that's typically when you want to target a guard. Um, you know, we've talked to Sean Hickey. We've talked to uh, Ben Beckwith. Those are two guys that I think would fit um, as guards just because of their athleticism. I actually think Hickey is so much like Todd Harriman's that it's scary. Yeah. Um, like they pretty much are clones. And uh, I think he would be a great pick in the fourth or fifth round. Um, the Eagles have talked to him at the Senior Bowl, um, you know, according to reports. Uh, and I think I think you can get a starter as late as the sixth round. I don't think guard is a premium position, but it is a position you need, especially when you're running screens as much as the Eagles are and trying to run the ball as much as. Yeah. They do are. you think that um, you know you mentioned some guys uh, in your article here? Do you really think that they will take a couple of, uh, of veteran guys here? Or do you think you have enough uh, enough strength with Mulk and uh, Barbre and things like that that could fill in that spot? I think they could take a stab at like a mid-round guy. I mentioned Gabe Karimi, who's kind of like reinvented his career in Atlanta. Yeah, he, he's not terrific, but he kind of fits the bill of like an Andrew Gardner, uh, Evan Mathis guy who's kind of bounced around the league and really hasn't found the right, you know, offensive line uh, for him. And I, I think he'd be good. I was a huge fan of him uh, when he was in the draft in 2011. I actually wanted him to be our first-round pick. And uh, funny story, I was sitting in a bar – and uh, uh, we were we we couldn't hear any sound, obviously. And uh, the pick went in, and you saw a big buff white dude uh, answer a phone. And I thought it was Gabe Karimi. It turns out it was Danny Watkins, and <laughs> that continued my sadness for the next couple of years. But uh, yeah, I think Gabe Karimi would be a good fit. I could see them taking a stab at a guy like Orlando Franklin, uh, who I think is going to be pricey. But um, I, I don't think that they're going to 
put all their resources in one basket when it comes yeah, to Yeah, and the, um, you know, we'll get to uh, some other stuff uh, just after this, but uh, joining us right now on the Duncan Philly Hotline, we welcome in North Dakota State running back, Mr. John Crockett. John, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. Not too bad. I'm out of the cold, so I'm living life. It's nice. excellent. Well, yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. It's, uh, you grew up in Minnesota, is that right? Yes, I did. Oh. Minneapolis, Minnesota. There you go. So, hometown. <laughs> like, what was the transfer like, I guess, from Minnesota, North Dakota State? Is that kind of a, it's kind of a little bit of a shock to the system, right? What made you want to go there? Yeah, it was kind of a shock to the system because it's just so windy there. But at the end of the day, they're both still cold places. So uh, you, you kind of, you know, you kind of get used to it a little bit. But yeah, it was, it was, it definitely was um, a great place to be in the summertime. John, you're coming off of three straight seasons of a thousand yards or more on uh, on a team that's won four consecutive uh, FCS uh, national championships. Is it oh, is, is the label a uh, small school guy fair to you? Um, I, I feel like when you're at any level, once you dominate the competition, once you um, have proved you know consistently year out and year out that you know that you're amongst the you know top players in that division, no matter if it's you know the bigger the big schools, or if it's uh, Division Three, I think that you know your game should be respected a little bit. You know, you know, as I just mentioned, you know, you're coming off the four national championship games and, and national championship wins. Is the, this process intimidating for a guy that's won as much as you have? Uh, no, it's 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 it's, it's really not. You know, because at the end of the day, I can always go back to my base. You know, when a, when a team asks you questions about you know the level of competition, you know, I you know I, I can say that I've played teams at the, you know, the FBS level, such as the Kansas States and the Iowa States and the Minnesotas, and, you know, said it, we beat them. So when it comes to this level of competition, yeah, but at the end of the day, you know, the FCS are starting to have a lot of guys that are starting to come out that are starting to, you know, get great looks and starting to be great players in the, in the NFL. So it's always good to have that base and just, you know, we won so much so I can always go back to that because winning, winning takes care of everything. And you, you know, you played in the uh, East-West Shrine game. You played really well, and that was, you know, against that, you know, ACC, SEC type of type of talent. How how was that experience for? Her? What was it like going up against those guys? You know, it was a, it was a great experience. You know, just especially you know being able to go against the Michigan States and the Louisvilles and you know the Oregon's and you know and it showed them that a little North Dakota kid from you know you can go out here and play a little football too and just get amongst the big boys and you know it was real interesting you know and I definitely let them know that the FCS is in the house <laughs> that's great <laughs> uh you know you participated in the combine this past week how was that experience for you what was the weirdest thing you were asked in any private interviews um what the weirdest thing um well probably the weirdest thing uh would probably be like how cold it is and how can you stand the cold and and is it bison or is it bit bison and <laughs> you know those type of questions you know we're all fun and we're all light but at the end of the day you know we always got back to business well it's good i mean did you have uh i mean i obviously got to be a vikings fan right if you grew up you grew up in minneapolis well, well you know definitely you got to have a little uh, have a little love for the purple and gold but you know they're, they're they're doing all right. They just you know we just need them to get back in order, and we'll you know hopefully they'll you know they'll pick a guy up like me where I can help them out with the enough situation. You see me working right here. You see me working. <laughs> you know, I like uh, it. No, no, <laughs> you and uh, you and Jarek in the backfield, and Teddy taking it down. I yeah, can see that happen, man. Hey, look, look at that. That's another. That's, there's another FCS guy right there. Me and um, me and him have actually played against each other in um in two semifinal in two semifinal games to go to the national championship. Yeah. So we have a little bit of chemistry. 
I didn't even know that. That's awesome, man. Yep, yep. You learn new things on the BGN Radio podcast. Uh, but yeah, John, <laughs> John, who do you model your game after? Is there like one pro in particular that you really see and you're like, Absolutely. wow, you have a lot of similar traits? Yeah. Absolutely. The, the one player I, I would consider myself or uh, kind of my predecessor would be Matt Forte. You know? And the reason why I say Matt Forte because he's able to have an imprint on the game in every facet of the game. It's, catching the ball out the backfield, if it's making a great block for his quarterback, or if it's, you know, just having an amazing run, you know, and that's just, you know, just being a bigger guy, taller, longer with, you know, one cut ability, you know, it just can basically like just do it all. And, you know, that would be the person I would consider my game to be most resembled by. So, you know, coming out of that, that log jam of running backs at, at the combine, I, I ask this to everybody, what is something that you can do that no other running back can? I feel like I'm a very balanced back. I feel like I can do it. I feel like I can definitely um, do every facet of a running back. So if that's catching the ball, if that's going out running routes, if that's going out and you know being a being a, a pass blocker, and just overall running. You know, I, I feel like if you if you check my tape, you will be able to see that total package of a back. And I think that's what the league needs now. They're starting to get these smaller scat backs that are, you know. But at the end of the day, us taller guys have tried to do it all now too. So that's that'll probably be my. My, my, uh, my attributes to the game. Awesome. Well, John Crockett uh, from North Dakota State, thanks so much for uh, taking some time right here on BGN Radio, my friend. Well, well thanks for having me, guys. And once again, just a huge thank you to uh, to John. I know that uh, all of Bison Nation uh, actually, actually chimed in when we were teasing that he would be on, so they're all very excited to see him go. Uh, you know, Minnesota Vikings fan? Pretty, uh, pretty, you know, I could see I could see that happening, just like we said in, uh, in the background, but you know, wouldn't be a bad uh, wouldn't be a bad fit here in Philadelphia either, as I'm sure we'll have a lot of guys to root for. Now, I mean, let's get back into the meat and potatoes here, Mike, because uh, our old friend Jimmy Kemsky uh, floated floated some stuff out there uh, a couple of nights ago. And, you know, and just kind of saying the more and more he you know he goes day by day or whatever he said, the more and more he thinks that the Eagles are going to go try and uh, trade with the Bucks at number one. You've been hearing anything different? You have any insight on what might be going on? Um, you know, I've been hearing whispers, but, uh, you know, it hasn't really been anything substantial, but yeah, I agree with Jimmy. The more and more you think about it and the more and more you hear things and read things, it does kind of seem like it's almost inevitable. Oh, yeah, uh, and I don't, and I, and the thing is too, and I will say this, I don't think the price from what I've heard, I don't think the price is going to be as exuberant as we've kind of made it out. To yeah, I, I think there's a lot of people that are uh, keep coming back to the mortgage, the future type of point, and I, I really don't think it's going to be anywhere real close unless you're attached to maybe a, come, uh, a few players here and there. But um, just like I said, I, would, I wouldn't I would go anywhere next week. I would keep my eyes open at all times and, and grab the cup of coffee. We'll be joining there, and anything that breaks, obviously, we'll have it uh, right here on BGN Radio. And there's, you know, there's a... a I, I don't know, Mike. It's just like the, between this and and uh, Byron Maxwell and all this other stuff. I mean, uh, I know you didn't get a chance to really react to it last time, uh, and we'll bring uh, Danny Kelly on in just a little bit as well. Uh, but what is your feel? You know, even if it's an overpayment, as we all think it's going to be, and he gets his ten million, are you okay with him being here if Kerry's gone? If Kerry's gone, yes, I'm fine with that. I'm not going to pay nineteen million dollars to two cornerbacks that are by and large, not, uh, not proven to be elite, you know? Um, you know, I mean, you gotta, sometimes you have to overpay. I mean, that's just, that's the name of the game. And, um, in, in the free agency 
world that we live in, I guess you could say, I think Maxwell will get his money one way or another. And, uh, you know, if he can help the Eagles, it is what it is. I think he benefited greatly from safety play, but, um, you know, he is above average on tape at, at the very least. Yeah, exactly. And we'll uh, right now we'll ask the guy that knows uh, the most uh, most about this, uh, at least in my opinion, from fieldgoals.com, Mr. Danny Kelly. Danny, you gotten over the uh, the Super Bowl yet? Did fans kind of settling down now, or is it still, still a little anger going on there? Uh, I mean, I think I'll probably – I mean, as a fan, you don't ever really get over that, but um, it definitely, you know, subsided, and I'm, I'm – in draft mode now and free agency mode. So kind of looking forward and uh, that's really all you can do at this point. <laughs> and as we are uh, here in Philadelphia and obviously like the number one topic, it basically has been Marcus Mariota and Byron Maxwell. And that's the only two things that I think have come out of sports radio articles, things like that. Um, when you're looking at this and you say, I mean, I guess, first of all, if you, if, if the Seahawks didn't have, Richard Sherman, if they didn't have Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, those guys, would you pay $10 million to keep uh, Byron Maxwell around? That is, that's a really good question. And I mean, obviously that's what I think teams on the open market will have to answer. Um, you know, I think, I think he's really good. First of all, I think he's a good, I think he's a really good player. I think he's a good corner. He fits in the Seahawks system. Um, and, you know, because of Sherman and Earl, you know, he gets targeted a lot, frankly, and he's done a really good job despite that. Um, so, you know, just, I don't know how much I would pay him necessarily if, if those two guys weren't there or if Cam wasn't there either. Um, but I do think he's a really good player and in the right system, he's, you know, he's a top tier cornerback. I, w- I wouldn't say he's maybe an all pro, but he's a top tier corner and, um, you know, he kind of has everything you want for that position. And in addition to that, I mean, he can play inside too, which is huge. Um, you know, he offers that versatility. You know, if you have an injury, he can move inside. Uh, and he did that this year. I know his best game inside actually came against the Eagles. So, um, you know, he, he offers that versatility, versatility too, which is valuable. And would you say, what was, you know, I, I just in uh, I went back and just looked at, you know, five or six games on the All-22, uh, maybe a little too hand-grabby, but any other than that, are there any glaring weaknesses uh, with this guy? Yeah, I think, um, you know, maybe his, his short area speed is maybe not, you know, as good as some, some of the corners in this league, you know, he's, he's a little bit taller, he's a little bit bigger. Um, and he probably makes up for his lack of foot speed. And it's not even the lack of foot speed, but relative to maybe some of these, you know, elite guys. Um, but he makes up with that with physicality and, and, you know, subtle veteran hand fighting and all that. Um, <laughs> As, as we like to say in Seattle, but maybe you call it grabbing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, yeah, R. Carey Williams grabs, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So as long as Byron's just lightly touching, that's fine. But Yeah, so I'd say, you know, coming into the league, his main knock, and, and it was kind of an interesting thing because he's a six-round pick who wasn't even a full-time starter at Clemson. Um, you know, he's, he's basically a height-weight speed guy uh, who played a lot of special teams and was a really hard hitter, and that was kind of like what they liked about him. And he came in and um, he, uh, Richard Sherman had always talked about how, you know, they worked on his flexibility a lot, like got him stretching every day. And um, he couldn't even touch his feet when he came to the Seahawks. And now he's like really flexible. So I think one of the things he's definitely improved on is sort of, you know, that 
hip flexibility, what they always talk about with cornerbacks, his ability to flip his hips and run. And that's been huge in not only in him, you know, becoming a better corner, but he's, he's been able to stay healthier the last two seasons. And um, so that's been big. And I think, you know, if, the, if there's one thing that he's not, you know, as good at it's maybe the foot speed, the change of direction, but he, he makes up for it because he's, he's a smart player who uses physicality. Well, um, he doesn't get beat deep hardly at all. So he, he definitely, you know, has the savvy to, uh, not like, you know, get, get tricked on plays. He, he's good at route recognition, that kind of thing. So, um, I, I think he's a really good player. Yeah. And that's one of the things I noticed too. And that's, you know, as much as people want to maybe cringe at the number and the, and the, maybe the guaranteed money and all that stuff. I, I, I personally think he might be worth that overpayment. I, I mean, like, is there in Seattle are the fans, would they be upset if he left? And obviously I think they've had time to kind of deal with that now, since the reports have been saying that he wouldn't be coming back and he's going to test free agency. I mean, how much of a fan favorite was this guy in Seattle? I, I mean, people are going to be very upset. Um, and I think that kind of tells you what you need to know about him. I think at this point, like you said, Seattle fans have almost, you know, accepted the fact that he's going to be gone because, frankly, we just can't pay all four of the Seahawks secondary, you know, double-digit millions. Um, so I think, you know, with Russell Wilson coming up, Bobby Wagner coming up, a couple other guys, I think it's just sort of one of those things that you have to let some good players go. Um, but um, I think, you know, he the fans definitely love him. Um, you know, they know that he's a really good player and, uh, you know, I think it's just, it's going to be tough to lose him, but I think, you know, fans are smart in the fact that you just can't pay everybody top dollar. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure that uh, a lot of Eagles fans will be happy to, uh, take him off your hands. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> the, uh, the cornerback situation still up in the air with, uh, all the craziness through the draft, but Danny Kelly, uh, from fieldgoals.com. We thank you so much for uh, joining us right here on BGN radio, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, our thanks to uh, Danny Kelly, of course, for uh, checking us out, fieldgoals.com. And let's uh, keep the train rolling. Actually, we have uh, right now from Southern Illinois, uh, tight end Michael Pruitt uh, joining us right now. Michael, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. You know, you're coming off the combine where you posted the kind of a top 40 uh, uh, time amongst the tight end. So what was that like? What was your experience like uh, in Indianapolis? Uh, it was exciting, man. Being able to post the highest time for a tight end, man, it just showed that all the hard work will really pay off for you. And um, Indy was a, a real hectic experience, but when it came down to it, getting on the field and getting back to football was just getting back to what I knew how to do best. A lot is made of, like, the weird questions they ask in team meetings. What was the weirdest question you were asking in a team meeting? I don't think I would ask too many weird questions. Uh, they just really wanted to know how could I help their team. And, you know, I just explained to them that I could bring versatility to the team and be able to make an impact as soon as I arrive. And, uh, you know, speaking of Indy, you were you are born in uh, Indiana, is that correct? Yeah, I was born in South Bend. Excellent. And what made you choose uh, Southern Illinois then? Uh, the only uh, good thing I know about Southern Illinois was uh, when I was uh, a freshman uh, going to Iowa, they used to, they didn't used to card anybody at the bars, so that was uh, <laughs> why, why I always went over there. But what made you choose uh, Southern Illinois? Well, um, I wasn't highly recruited coming out of high school. I had an offer from Southern Illinois and Missouri State, and Southern Illinois had um, won a few conference championships, and 
it looked like the way to go. They were on the up and up. They were building a new stadium and a new arena. So that was the way I chose to go. You're the the Missouri Valley Football Conference's all-time leader in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns for a tight end. Do you think that speaks to the level of the talent you went up against, or the talent, or, or your talent? Um, I think it definitely speaks to my talent. Um, in Missouri Valley, we we got some great, great teams, some great football, and some great talent. And both both of the teams that played in the FCS championship this year were out of the Missouri Valley Conference. So. There were really no cupcake games. We had to go into every game ready to play, and if you could get beat on any night, uh, it was some good competition out there. And you outran, uh, you know, some of the receivers and cornerbacks uh, in the combine. What do you think is the best position for you in the NFL? Are you going to stay a tight end? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm going to stay a tight end, or you know, the H back position where the move tight end. Um, just create some good matchups against linebackers or safeties. Um, what do you say you do in this class better than anybody else? At, you know, at tight end. I feel like I can I can get open against most guys. Um, you know, no matter what position they're playing, I can create such separation and get open and, and make the play whenever. I'm called on to make the play. Michael Pruitt uh, from uh, Southern Illinois. We uh, thank you so much for uh, your time right here on BGN Radio, my friend. We'll be uh, rooting for you for sure. Well, thank you, man. There's no problem at all. And we're going to keep it uh, moving uh, right along here, folks, as we are uh, proud to have uh, from Townsend uh, defensive end uh, slash uh, outside linebacker slash uh, pass rusher slash uh, looks really good on tape, Mr. Ryan Delaire. Ryan, how are you this afternoon? How are you? Uh, doing uh doing great you know you're uh you're a connecticut guy uh you started your career at massachusetts and then uh what made you transfer over to townsend yeah what ended up making me transfer was because um we had a whole new culture change and like he brought in a lot of his own guys and i just felt like you know it was better more for me to like you know just leave and start a new career somewhere else you're coming off the combine where you we're getting tons of love from Mike Mayock and some other other scouts, uh, BGN Radio included. I want to put that out there. <laughs> uh, but you were injured uh, during your first forty time. Can you talk about the injury? What, what and what your status is moving forward? Yeah, it was just like a muscle strain of like um, in my groin area. Um, I I can come back probably within a week and a half or so, but it's nothing too serious. It's pretty minor. So it ended up happening, and after the first forty, I started feeling really tense in my growing area, and then I didn't think anything of it. And the second three that I ran, I felt it towards the middle of the run. Did you have, um, you know, we, we, we've been asking a lot of guys, because uh, teams ask such weird questions, uh, you know, during the team meetings. Were you asked anything uh, kind of out of the ordinary when you were meeting with teams? Um, just personal questions such as uh, criminal, criminal background, um, Anything as far as how I ever failed a drug test, like, you know, things like that. But nothing out of the ordinary for me. Oh, well, I guess that's good. I guess you didn't really have to think about it uh, all that much. But, you know, you went to what we would consider a small school, I guess, by definition. But you really dominated your competition. You had 22 and a half sacks in two years and over 30 tackles for loss. Should teams ignore the small school experience and just recognize you for your talent? Yeah, I feel like teams are just basing me off my talent because... A lot of the, like, the bigger schools I played against, I was still able to do the same things I was able to do in the smaller 
in a smaller division I was in. So, I mean, just being from a smaller school, to me, it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's really how you play. It's not who you play. You know, you were teammates with uh, Terrence West last, uh, you know, during your college career, and he obviously went to the NFL and had success with the Browns. Um, have you been able to lean on him during any of this draft process? Um, yeah, just because just seeing where he came from, like how he handled every situation, you know, just being very professional with everything, it kind of just helped me, like, just piggyback off of him, just knowing how to handle situations. And you know we gotta get the we gotta get the elephant out of the room here, Ryan. You're a Giants fan, is that right? Yeah, I'm a Giants fan, but in my heart, I'm a really, I'm really like a Patriots fan just because um, oh, my family. <laughs> okay, I guess that makes sense. You got the New England connection and everything going on there, so we'll we'll let you go on that. I mean, like, is there is there anybody that you uh, really like besides you know any teams or any, you have any favorite players? Somebody that you might model your game after. Um, I have a liking towards every team in the NFL. Um, as far as like player wise, I really try to compare myself to Alvin Smith just because like we have a lot of the same measurements, same size, and everything like that. And like I try to, you know, portray my game after him just because the, he he is a speed rusher also. Right, and you know, you talked about speed. One thing I noticed, you know, I've watched a lot of tape on you. Um recently and my favorite part about you is how quickly you get off the line like you your your speed off the line is absolutely ridiculous like some of the tops in this class that i've seen would you say that's the biggest strength of your game if not what is yeah that's one of the biggest strengths of my game just coming off the line my get off and i feel like me bending around the edge my flexibility around the edge is something that's really big too um, you know, I got to follow up to that one though. But uh, I know you weren't able to do it at your at the combine because of the injury. But at your pro day, what type of three cone do you think you're going to run? Um, I'm not sure yet. The last time I tested, I got a seven three. So, do you think that you're going to play outside linebacker in a three four, or do you see yourself being a, a, a you know a hand down on the ground four three D in the NFL? To be real, I'm not sure because a lot of teams see me as both, but they, they don't know exactly what they want to do with me yet. So, where would you I mean, where would I'm, you feel more comfortable? Um, honestly, when I was at Towson, I basically played both. Like I stood up and I had my hand down, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter too much with me. Awesome. Well, what, I mean, like what, I've been asking uh, uh, all the rest of the the uh, you know the NFL uh, prospects and all this stuff too. What what do you think you can do better than anybody else in this draft class? One thing I, I believe I can do better is just standing around my around the edge, just my, my my flexibility around the edge. Not too many people can bend the corner like that, you know. Uh, a lot of no, people just rely on <laughs> a lot a lot of players just rely on speed. Not too many players, you know, try to work the flexibility of the the pass rushing as much. Awesome. Ryan Delaire, uh, pass rusher, D-end, all the good stuff, outside linebacker, whatever you need, he is there uh, joining us right here on the BGN Radio uh, Duncan Philly Hotline. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for uh, taking some time with us this afternoon. All right. Have a good one. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you to Ryan Delaire, also uh, Michael Pruitt, uh, John Crockett, and, of course, uh, Danny Kelly from uh, fieldgoals.com joining us uh, on this episode. Mike, uh, the final thoughts just as we're rolling out here. 
just pay attention to Twitter. I mean, it seems like there's going to be new news every single day and free agency is less than two weeks away. So it should be pretty exciting, you know, heading down the stretch over this next month and a half, I guess, before the draft. Plenty of appetizers, uh, maybe the moose bouche uh, even before the appetizers have uh, started. But the, uh, the main course is coming. And trust us, you want to hang around all around Twitter, all around BGN and uh, BGN Radio. We'll keep it uh, locked in here for you. For uh, myself, John Barchard, for Mr. Mike Kay, we want to thank you so much for listening to episode number 86 right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. <laughs> 